Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you want to f- talk, then talk to me, Whitney. What did I do? Yeah. Where's What's my purse? What's Whitney, shut the f*** up. Okay. Well, you want that like that. That's not necessary. It's not necessary. Oh, it's not necessary. Calm down. Don't call me. Ever. 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 Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Edition. Yes, it's on Friday. Is it supposed to be? I think it is. So never mind. (laughs) I decided since there are only a few episodes left of Salt Lake City, I'm just going to keep it to Fridays until it's over and then we'll just move Married at First Sight to Fridays, I think. We'll see. Do you guys have to hear any of this? This is just my brain going. You don't, but I'm going to keep it. Because I just can't be bothered to record again. Let's talk about this episode, you guys. I'm actually really excited. I thought this was great. Right? Great. We're, uh, they're just like, they're just rewriting all the rules. And I love these women so much. And I appreciate everything that they've given us in these past few months. Like, who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would get here? But here we are, just so fortunate to have these women in our lives and I I'm just so happy I'm just so happy let's talk about the episode we start off we are post race car driving Whitney Meredith and Lisa have all made up apologies have come across they've healed and they're ready to move forward so Whitney goes to Heather's room because she just finished with her shopping trip with Jen and 
they're about to go to dinner. All the ladies are about to meet up for dinner. <laughs> Wendy tells Heather that Meredith, she's talking about the race car driving at the racetrack, and she says, Meredith called Lisa School Zone Barlow, and I loved that. <laughs> That's like a new rap game, rap name. Like, I might want to go into the DJ game. I might call myself DJ School Zone Barlow. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, but I can work on it. So Whitney, Lisa, and Meredith, they're all, like I said, feeling good about the conversation they had. But Heather's like, okay, well, love that for you. But during the shopping trip with Jen, it really seems like Jen's still mad at you, Whitney. And she's still really mad. She's not over what happened at Coach Chow's party. And she's basically still pointing the finger at you. Whitney's like that's weird because Jen has been acting completely like the opposite is the case in front of my face. And I think she's two faced. They're both really confused as to why Jen is still carrying this, even though she on camera accepted Whitney's apology. Mostly. (laughs) Um, They're confused. So this is setting us up for the entire mess of the episode and what a wreck, what a beautiful mess happened. So Lisa, Jen, and Meredith get to the group dinner first. There was a drink on the table with a bunch of stuffed parrots on top. I don't know. Didn't look good. Not attracted to yellow drinks. Typically when it comes to my alcoholic cocktails, it's just not my vibe. Because I know we're getting something sweet. Like a lychee martini or something with like pineapple juice. Probably rum. Not my vibe. Let's move on. Jen, let's say Jen's starting at like a three on the emotional scale, right? Like she's fine. She's chill. There's obviously something bubbling under the surface with her, but like she's keeping it cute, right? It's in her Versace, JLo print, uh, pant suit, women's blazer and pant uh, combination. She's feeling okay. Then Lisa updates Jen on what happened at the racetrack and says, you know, Whitney apologized. And you can sense immediately that Jen is feeling some type of way about that. Jen does recognize that Whitney did apologize to her, but she's like, there are still issues between us. And I want Whitney to be accountable for that. Lisa's like, get that. Totally get that. But we're good with Whitney now. I'm good with Whitney. Meredith is good with Whitney. And Jen's like, how are you gonna, guys going to be good with her? If she threw you guys under the bus and they're like, well, she apologized. That's how that works, Jen. (laughs) So, um, Jen asked Whitney, excuse me. Then Jen asks if Whitney admitted to lying and Meredith is like, uh, Whitney said she was repeating what she was told. And so now Jen is at like a five, right? Shit's popping. Then she says, Jen says, Whitney threw both of you guys under the bus and I'm the one who stuck up for you. And Meredith and Lisa are like, well, Whitney apologized and she has the right to apologize to us and we have the right to move on. And so Jen's like, okay, well, maybe I'm just being more sensitive because it happened at Sharif's party. And they're like, yeah, we get that totally. And then Jen cups them off and is like, fine. You can be on Mary's side, you can be on Whitney's side, but I'm on the side of what's right. So now Jen is at like a six and a half. 
Meredith is like beelines it to the nearest exit. She's pushing the button. She's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not engaging. No one tells me who to be friends with. (laughs) This is now like, what, the fourth time that Meredith has like yeeted herself out of the room in the name of disengagement. So obviously production asks her why she does that so much. And Meredith is like, listen, I come from, I'm a child of divorce. And when I was growing up, I was trying, you know, I was having to navigate who had custody of me, whose house I was going to. And I was, as I was trying to make everything right, it basically shot up in my face. And I was the one who got blamed. There were a lot of fights and I don't like to be around people who yell. So I can't handle it. So now Meredith has left. Meredith has left the building. Jen's at about a seven and a quarter, we'll say, because Meredith has walked away. And now... Jen has a glass in her hand and I'm scared because much like when Candace from Potomac gets some cutlery in her hand, we know what time it is. Like it's knock a few buck time, right? At this point, Whitney and Heather have come down into the room. They're like, Hey, what the fuck? Because Jen is on one. Lisa's trying to get her from leaving the room. Jen's like, no, I want to leave. Why is it different for me when I leave when Meredith just left? And she's, Lisa's like, no, I'm trying to stop more people from leaving. And Heather's trying to figure out what happens. She's trying to stop Jen. Jen pushes Heather's hand down, gets aggressive. Then Whitney, sorry, then Jen circles back into the room, gets in Whitney's face, is pointing at her telling Whitney to shut the fuck up. Whitney's like, what did I do? (laughs) And Heather steps in, in between Whitney and Jen, and is like, calm the fuck down. And then Jen gets in her face, pointing her finger and her acrylic nail, saying like, you know, (laughs) don't do this, girl. Like, don't do this with me. A threat, right? Then... I'm like, what happened to the left third of the screen? Is my TV messed up? And what I realized is there's a Chiron at the bottom of the thing. That's not just a black bar. That's a huge security guard named Henry. A a security guard that Jen has hired. Why does Jen need a security guard? Why did Giselle need a security guard? Why? So now I'm like wondering if 20, if the 2020, 2021 season year of the housewife is the bodyguard. Why are we doing this? That Henry came out of nowhere. And that was a big man to be coming out of, out of thin air. Sorry. I mean, he's a security guard. He knows he's big. So why, why it was so unnecessary. And I was like, I want to know. I know I always say I want the tax returns, right? But what I want to know is the expense report. I want to know how much money Jen invested into the housewives from the Airbnb from Brandy from Dallas's uh, friend that she's renting and she's pretending like this is a Shaw Chalet, the piles of Giuseppe Zanotti shoes, the 17,000 people that she's hired as her Shaw squad, Henry the security guard. Um, what happened to the microphone? 
we haven't seen that microphone in a while, have we? Um, the hair, the makeup, it, it's not adding up for me. How much could they have made from the season? Let's say 50, 50 G's. That's probably enough to pay for all of that for three months, right? Whew. There's no way. And what is her job? <laughs> what is her job? How is she making money? Because what she needs to do, what Jen should have been doing this whole time is explaining to us what her business is so she can get more, not screaming at everybody who gets anywhere near her at any sort of perceived slight whatsoever. A lot of people have been saying after watching this episode that they think that Jen might be on drugs or that she has some sort of mental issue going on that makes her act the way she does. I don't believe either of them. What I think we're seeing is a woman who has completely overwhelmed and oversaturated every part of her life and is scrambling to make it all happen. And the only way she can think to keep her head above water is by lashing out at everybody and ruining all of her relationships. And this to me is like a woman who is completely out of her league in her own life. Like imagine how you would feel if you were just like, I am flailing from my marriage to my friendships and I'm like combining what's happening with my marriage to what's happening in my relationships with my friends and now everything's getting fucked up and I also have another theory that we're going to get into later and I think mm, I think I haven't seen anybody say this but it was a light bulb moment for me so let's talk about it so I can get to that point so Um, Jen points at Heather and says, you know, you chose your side. Basically, like, you've betrayed me. And she walks out again. And Whitney's like, I don't feel safe. (laughs) Lisa walks out with Jen and is following her and is like, listen, I'm here. If you don't feel supported, look at what's happening right in this moment. I followed you out. I'm here. Let's talk about it. Jen refuses to come back. So... Lisa comes back on her own. She's trying to explain to Heather and Whitney what they just walked into. And she says, you know, I think what happened at Coach Shaw's party has really caused damage. You think? (laughs) But Whitney was like, you know what? But as of this morning, I thought we were good. And so Whitney asked, like, what am I supposed to do on top of an apology? Should I send a flash mob? Should I send a singing telegram? I kind of feel like the time that we made that we spent making up quote unquote was bullshit. And I agree with her. I think in housewives history, we see this like one housewife will apologize and then the other housewife wants more. And then they're forced to say like, what or do you want from me? And I feel like it's never been, nobody's really had a case for it ex- until now. Honestly, like, I mean, we all saw the clip in the episode where Whitney's apologizing and Jen accept it, accepts it, but then in a talking head is like, mm, well, I'm waiting for my marriage to get back together. But then we see that happen. So what is it that she's holding on to? I mean, I know what she's holding on to, but like, oh, I just think she's really confusing like her marriage and her platonic relationships and it's never going to work. Like, it's never going to work. She needs to separate it and, you know, 
attack each thing as a separate entity and stop conflating the two. Okay. So then Heather tells Lisa and Whitney that Jen said that the only reason why people are nice to Whitney is because of her. (laughs) And Whitney's over it at this point. And she's like, well, just so you know, Lisa, Jen has been talking behind Meredith's back about her marriage. And she even showed me a picture of this dude that she was supposedly with. So imagine how we feel seeing Jen get all so close to Meredith when she's been talking shit about her this whole time. So now Lisa's pissed. She's like, I don't love it. (laughs) And she's like, Jen just sat there before you guys got there and said how loyal she was to me and Meredith. And now like, what are you telling me? (laughs) So like, if she said anything about me, I need you to let me know right now, Whitney. So it turns out that just the night before, Jen told Whitney that Lisa didn't like her. So then we get audio of Jen, who is in her room. She's on the phone with Coach Sharif and yelling about how unfair it is. You know, Meredith can walk off, but the second I do anything, everyone's trying to get me to calm down and nobody sticks up for me. And, you know, she's giving, like, early season Danielle Staub at the moment. And listen, like... Is any version of Danielle Staub great? No. They're all unhinged. But season one and two was a different, a whole different animal. We all agree on that, right? Like, it's now turning, like, remember Danielle is fighting with all the Lorita, Gort, not Gorgas, but yeah, the the Judice and Lorita families, right? And it turns all of a sudden into this sort of, like, mafia shit about, like, people being on your side and the families and and why are things not why can people do things that I can't do and it's just very weird it's getting weird so then everybody dinner's over (laughs) dinner never began but it's definitely over now everybody ends up meeting in uh Heather's room excuse me Whitney's room including Meredith Meredith comes later So they basically all come to the same conclusion, which is that Jen assumed that Whitney and Meredith would go after Whitney. This is my light bulb moment, you guys. Jen planned that shopping trip on purpose, right? She knew. I, if I'm going to, she wants Whitney to go down. She wants Whitney to go down because she thinks that Whitney in some way tried to mess with her marriage and is also trying to mess with her friendships and she wants her out. She, I mean, we have the evidence of her telling Heather the only reason why anybody's nice to Whitney is because of her. So she clearly wants Whitney to be out, but the only way she can do that is if she takes Heather out of the equation. So Heather can't defend her. Right. So she's like, also wants her hands to be clean so in her mind she's thinking let me do this as soon as possible as soon as we get there it can't be my fault because I wasn't there Whitney is going to be out there drowning on her own Meredith and Lisa are going to attack this bitch and I can keep my hands clean and let see Whitney burn you all see this right Mm. Mm mm-hmm So 
Meredith says, you know, the only reason I even sat there before I left, before I disengaged, (laughs) before I hit the disengagement button, the only reason why I sat there to listen to Jen for so long is because I was confused about what Jen was trying to do. And then Whitney says, by the way, Meredith, Jen has been pushing this whole time behind the scenes to say bad stuff about you and your Meredith and your marriage. So Meredith is like, well, I have something to say about all that since everybody's so interested. Seth and I have been on and off for a very long time. And sometimes I have seen other people and you can see Lisa's eyes. It was like, "Mm, well, that's news to me. And then Lisa says, I'm just finding all this information out in front of everybody else. And I feel like I'm looking at my best friend that I don't know anything about. I know nothing about her life. And so this is like the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake for the evening for her. So it's bad enough that Jen freaked the fuck out on top of it. I'm finding out my best friend has this huge secret that I knew nothing about. Would you guys be mad if your friend was on and off with their husband and you didn't know that they were seeing other people. I don't know that that's something that I would necessarily take personally. I could understand her being shocked by that. Obviously I would find that shocking. Uh, I guess I could see why maybe she would be upset if if she feels like that's a big secret and that's something that would be shared. But I was thinking about this the other day, like, I wonder if my friends have ever cheated on their partners (laughs) and I wish they would tell me because I would want to know, but I wouldn't be like personally upset if they didn't tell me. I can understand why Meredith, like it makes all the sense in the world to me. If Meredith is just like, I just don't want to put that out there because it's almost just like the same thing of like, if you, you, as we get older, there are things that you have to protect about your relationship your romantic relationships because it just gets too complicated. Like, you know, we all get to a certain point where most of us are women. Whereas women eventually at some point we've all had that friend who is dating an asshole. We all have to learn that very difficult lesson of when your friend is dating the asshole, you just, offer as much boundary filled walls of support as you can because you don't want to be the friend who told your friend to leave this dude and then they get back together and you're the bitch who tried to break them up right so maybe in her way this was a way of protecting them by them I mean Meredith and Lisa of just being like I don't want to involve you in this because what if it gets to the point of like you're encouraging me to leave Seth. And now look what happens. Seth and I, she goes on to say, are in the best place of our lives that we've ever been in terms of our relationship. And there's nothing more to say. And you know what? Thank you, Meredith Marks. Honestly, this is Meredith's finest showing of all the season. This was, I'm saying, her best episode. Because that's how you clear a bitch, okay? That is the accountability that we Me, me, as a Denise Richards fan, would have loved to see her do last season. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I, something happened. You know, it's my private life, but since you guys are so invested, here's the truth, the ugly truth. 
and that's it. Shut it down. Say your piece, and then shut that shit down. Dead it, okay? End of story. I loved it. I loved it. I love it. (laughs) Anyway. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Lisa is done. She doesn't want any parts of Jen Shaw. Heather is still being really defensive on behalf of Jen and says, yes, Jen does have horrible toxic tendencies, but she's got good parts too. And I'm just going to be there for her. And Lisa's like, well, do you think that Jen would be there for you this much? And Heather's like, that's not the point. You know, it doesn't matter. Heather gay is the best friend that anybody could ever have. She is the true definition of ride or die. She needs to, for her own well-being, <laughs> not let people like Jen is doing or anybody take advantage of that because Heather Gay is a good woman, okay? A capital G, capital W, good woman. She's honestly climbing up the charts of being my white queen. One of them, okay? Who else is on my list of white queens? Ina Garden, obviously. Um, I feel pretty good about Tina Marie. I love that song, Square Biz. Kelly Clarkson. Need I say more? Heather Gay is just a good woman. She's a solid friend. She's salt of the earth. And I love her. But again, use that goodness and your friendship on people who actually deserve it. Not people who you're going to have to spend multiple instances trying to defend because Lisa's right like she's not doing the same thing for you you got to match people's energies and if they're not giving you what you deserve then you got to let it go but we all know that that's Heather's weak spot right it's no shade to her she has admitted fully that you know she she's got some healing that needs to happen in terms of her marriage and her relationship to her self-esteem because of what happened in her marriage. And I just want the best for her. And I just think like, (laughs) if if I were to ever meet her, I'd be like Dorinda, like Dorinda telling Carol the end of the marathon, like, just come over. I'll roast a chicken for you. We'll have some red wine. We'll watch forensic files or whatever she said, you know, like, we'll just have a day. We're really just like, you know, we're just friends. So like Heather Gay, if you hear me, if you're ever in New York, and I'm sure you will be, holler, you know, I'll come over. Anyway, 
Um, oh gosh, I just, I, I feel for Heather. I really do. Because then she says, you know, I know how, it, what it feels like to be rejected because you're not behaving how people want you to. And I don't want Jen to feel that way. And I'll be friends with somebody, whether they're crazy or perfect or whatever they're going through, because that's what friendship is. Sterling. She's good as gold. Later, Meredith is on the phone with Brooks. And can we just, like, have a moment? If you guys want to, like, I don't know, put on black or something. I, I don't know. Black with, like, a white stripe with Brooks marks in pink down the side would be ideal. He's telling Meredith the harrowing tale of how he was taking care of the dog and the dog pooped on his Montclair coat, his blue one. He said he almost cried. Could you imagine? Can we set up a fun run to raise funds for Brooke's new coat and to get the help that he needs after such a terrible experience? Prayers up for Brooke's marks, you guys. Prayers up. Here's what happens. We see Heather on the phone with somebody else. I don't know who it was. <laughs> Some lady. I don't know. And she's basically telling that lady that Jen left for Vegas, but they, she has, still has stuff to pick up from uh, the Shaw Squad in her room, all the clothes that they bought, right? So <laughs> then we get to Whitney, who's fully like putting her leg behind her head. <laughs> stretching in bed and that's like that's such a vibe <laughs> you ever just be like i'm I, I gotta stretch but i'm not gonna get up to do it so i'm just gonna stretch in bed i do that more than i should be admitting probably probably um she says you know what last night was a complete shit show and it was the worst trip ever this trip is worse than the time i started my period on a water slide at a hotel in the bahamas I love her. I just love her. Like, you know, you know, she's our, the Goldie Hawn of reality TV. You heard it for her first, you guys. Mary, we get Mary back. Mary with a, a smoothie in one hand and a dream in the other. Going back into her closet, bedroom, office, whatever the fuck. Charlene's there with her gloves on. Oh, it's a whole thing. A whole thing. Back in the loving embrace of Mary and her house that was built on uh, less fortunate people and her exploiting them because of religion. Anyway, um, Mary's back <laughs> and she gets a call from Lisa. Lisa's still in Vegas and she's like, you made the best decision of your life by not coming. Did we all see that Mary's thermostat was set to 81? The fuck? <laughs> Listen, well, listen, you guys, we all know there's an elder in the home. Maybe they, maybe he needs the temperature to be a little bit warmer. Woo, 81, 81, I'll be damned. So Lisa's like, everything was fine until dinner and, but then Jen wouldn't calm down. So I went after her and Mary's like, why were you chasing her? <laughs> Good question, Mary. Mary's almost like the the guy on the phone from Charlie's Angels. Which is like she's she knows everything that's happening. Technically everything's kind of centering around her in its own way. <laughs> and she's just like through this, this Mary is the combination of her not being in the situation but like hearing about it secondhand really provides a a um 
an atmosphere for Mary to make all the sense in the world, right? <laughs> so Mary wants to know why Lisa would even chase her. And Lisa's like, well, I just wanted to know what the issue was. And then in a talking head's like, I knew it. I knew Jen was going to ruin this trip. I warned them about Jen and now look what happened. So if you choose not to listen, then whatever happens to you, you deserve it. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And so then Mary is like, you know, Lisa, if Jen shows you, Jenna showed you who she was. Do you guys need to stick around and figure out or you guys should just believe her? Like, why stick around the circus, right? Mary's like, well, I'm happy I wasn't there because, frankly, I needed the time to regroup. But I just don't understand why people are so invested in trying to understand the crazy that is Jen. So let's pause here for a second because I saw Love of My Life, Ray Sani, say something that I found really hit for me. And it really made a lot of sense. Ray said, and I'm paraphrasing her that Jen, while recognizing that Jen is not black, that Jen's behavior is that of a black kid that goes to a predominantly white school and goes around being Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. Hard Ass, because there aren't any other black people around to make these white people realize that this person is corny. So they go around playing Billy Badass, bullying people, screaming at people, yelling at people, being... Uh, uh, defensive because they can (laughs) because nobody's there to check them and they know they know right I think this is 100% true Jen acts this way because she doesn't have control in her life and so she lashes out at people who aren't going to react right? And treats them like she bullies them, basically. And it's really, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. So then we get towards the end of the episode. Lisa, Meredith, and Whitney all meet at the bottom of the hotel for this surprise thing. Should we talk about Miss Meredith Marks ensemble? (laughs) The, The ocelot print jacket with the puffy sleeves and the double belt cinching the waist, the turtleneck, studded turtleneck top that was like chain mail on top of a black bustier. It was a lot of look. <laughs> it was giving Giselle Bryant. And I think we all know what that means. Okay. So they're waiting on Heather, but Heather's like, go ahead. I'm 15 minutes behind you. I'll just get my own car. So we find out that Heather is going to the room to get her uh, clothes. Lo and behold, she walks in. Jenna's getting full glam done by the shop squad. And again, this is like, how much did that cost? Shipping all those people to Vegas. <laughs> Girl, where is this money coming from? So Jen is like Zen Jen. She is getting her glam done. She's calm. She's like not speaking above a like three. 
And Heather's like, who is this woman acting like she doesn't know what the hell just happened yesterday? And that she wasn't the cause of it. <laughs> like, who it is? Who it is? So, did you guys notice that as soon as Heather mentioned a little bit of what happened, Jen says, um, have you talked to anybody? Like Lisa or Whitney or Jen or Meredith? And um, as soon as she said that, Jen asks all those people to leave. And granted, I know that they have to film the show and it doesn't make sense to have, uh, you know, random ass people milling about in the background. But I would bet a lot of money that Jen, the Shaw Squad has never seen these sides of Jen that all the other women are seeing on the show. Is that a compliment No, I don't think it's a testament to these women being, like, poisonous to Jen. I think it's a testament to... I don't quite know yet. I'm still working out the (laughs) the kinks on that. But I just... I would just... I'm very confident that these people have not seen that side of Jen. And I think... mm, I think there's a reason for that. I'm going to work it out. And if I find it, I'll let you know. So everybody leaves and Jen's like, you know, I don't understand why nobody's talking about what the real issue is. And Jen is insistent that Heather doesn't have the full story about what happened before she and Whitney got to that dinner. And Jen's like, or excuse me, Heather's like, well, it sounds like you got mad at Lisa and Meredith for moving on with Whitney. (laughs) And so Jen's like, no, that's not why I'm mad. I'm mad because... You know, we, I can't move forward until Whitney admits that either she made that stuff up about Mary saying that, or Lisa and Meredith admit that they actually are afraid of her and that they did say that to Mary. That is fair. But why did you not communicate that until now? (laughs) Why? You can't leave everybody in the dark about that. Like, if that's the case and you want to keep it real, then why were you so fine with Meredith and Lisa until they told you that they made up with Whitney? It, it's like I get what she's saying and she's obviously not like translating her feelings into anything that's like functional because it just turns into a disaster but it, it's also like I just feel like she's kind of moving the goalposts on like what it is that she wants and what it is that she needs and what kind of closure, closure she needs from people like yes I can understand how you would feel. I would hate it if somebody came to me and said, oh, these two people that you think are good friends with you have told someone else that they're afraid of you and that really the only reason why they're friends with you is because they don't want to have to deal with you being angry. I could see my ego being like, wow, that's really fucked up that they would talk behind my back. But then it's also like, Wow, uh, why do people feel that way about me? Why would this even be something that people could say? So, yes, I do understand that she wants to know, like, did is this how they actually feel and did they say this? But, like, getting mad at them is only going to turn that answer if it was a no. Now it's going to be a yes. So you're kind of creating the self-fulfilling prophecy. And I don't think she gets it. I don't think she gets it at all. Then she says, this is where she diverts and goes left and it's like, I can't rock with you anymore. Because then she says, you know, my family's the one who suffered because of this. And 
Heather states with straight and is like, nobody's even talking about your family. And she has to understand that, like, this is when everybody's trying to deal with with Jen about the situation, nobody's thinking about her family. And it's not in a bad, insensitive way. It's that, like, your issues with your family are your issues with your family. <laughs> and we're a whole separate issue. So, yeah, everybody can admit that, like, Whitney, that was not the right venue to be bringing this shit up. But... That was not the thing that ruined your relationship. What ruined your relationship and your family, if that's what you want to say, the reason why Coach Shaw stopped talking to you for four days is because you acted a fucking fool throwing a glass at Top Golf. If 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 you hadn't thrown that glass and screamed and had your young son take you away on a in a suburban and you're screaming and yelling and crying at people like Whitney could have said that. And had you not reacted that way, like nobody would have said a thing. If you were so protective of coach Shaw and his birthday and making the experience great, then why didn't you say, why didn't you shut Whitney down? Why, why, you know, like she escalated the thing. And what she doesn't realize is it's not that she thinks that people are just treating her like garbage and that they're getting away with it and that she's forced to left to look like Boo Boo the Fool, but she's not understanding that her reactions are making her look like Boo Boo the Fool. Didn't JFK say some shit about like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like, it, you know, it's not what, at some point, like, it's not what happens, it's how you react to it. Maybe that's a Marilyn Monroe quote, I don't know. Has anybody been quoted more than, fate quoted more than Marilyn Monroe? Poor thing. <laughs> Every quote. How is it that Marilyn Monroe, in her death, ended up being one of the greatest philosophers of all of our time? I've never seen somebody quoted more than her. <laughs> like she's right up there with Martin Luther King. And I don't think she said a, a damn thing about like, you know, meet me who I am at my, at my worst. Don't love me at my best. Love me at my worst girl. She didn't say that shit. Leave, leave, let's just leave Marilyn Monroe out of the conversation. She just wanted to, you know, scissor. And <laughs> I shouldn't say that she, you know, she she had a complicated relationship with her sexuality. Did you guys all know that? She did. And it's actually very fascinating and interesting that Marilyn Monroe is probably like a bisexual or even lesbian icon. Check that. She, like, what I'm saying is that she just wanted to, like, you know, be with a woman and be left alone. Not, not be, you know, responsible for all these quotes that basic bitches have adopted when they probably aren't really even hers. That's my point. Let me stop talking about Marilyn Monroe. Clearly I have a lot of unresolved feelings towards <laughs> the modern relationship that we have, that pop culture has with Marilyn. It, it's a thing of mine and it's weird and I know it, but you know, you you guys know that I'm a sick person at this point, right? You're, you've listened to me enough. Anyway, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> so, anyway, Jen says, you know, I feel like everybody's making up, but nobody's owning up to the truth. 
like I said, she thinks that her family is suffering because of this. And Heather's like, you know, nobody's even talking about that. What they're talking about is how aggressive and mean and horrible you've been to everybody. And Jen's like, why? I don't, I want to know why nobody will admit to fucking up. But then again, Heather has to explain that all eyes are on you for reacting. Your horrible behavior is the focus, not what everybody has done to you. But like, I can understand why she would be frustrated about that. But again, you can't give people the ammo and ask why you're bleeding, why you have shots in your body, you know? Sorry. (laughs) So anyway, Whitney, Lisa, and Meredith get to the house. The house is owned by Kimberly Friedmutter, hypnotist and redhead um, and icon. She did what she had to do. She drove the storyline and she was like, let's talk all about it, right? We went from hypnotism to like a full-on Iyanla fix my life session so seamlessly. I didn't even know it until it was done. Like how, what happened here? (laughs) What happened here where we're all having this red table talk? Weren't we supposed, wasn't somebody supposed to be like, I don't know, like pass out and, and I don't, what do people, what do hypnotists do in Vegas? Like they, they make people act like they're having sex. Isn't that a thing? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Anyway, so... Whitney is surprising them. Meredith and Lisa had no idea. Nobody has any idea of why they're at this house, what this lady does, what's going on. So Kimberly explains herself. And yeah, they all sit down. (laughs) This lady's house was a situation. Like there was a lot happening. There was two stuffed sheep. Don't know why on a table. There was a lot of, you know, a Buddha with a lot of prayer beads on it. Just like a lot of wood, uh, tchotchkes and just stuff. I can't imagine how much it takes to dust that shit. That was a big house too. Like, is that, is she making hypnotist money? Is this a house that hypnotism built? Because sign me up, girl. Sign me up. Anyway. They get down to the table. The tablescape is so dramatic. It's like the like a prayer video. Why does she have all those? Is it a, do you even call that a candelabra? Like I'm not Catholic, but it looked like the thing where you put all the candles in, like the prayer candles. I didn't even think that you could have that in like a home. 
I thought that was just for Catholics. The drama. I loved it. There were like 75 candles in that candelabra on the dining room table on top of like a bunch of leaves, like palm fronds or something. Banana leaf? I don't know what leaf that was, but it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I didn't even like a lot. (laughs) Heather and Jen show up. Meredith, Lisa and, and, uh, Whitney, they're starting the session and Whitney's like, some other people are going to arrive. Should we start this right now? Like, are we getting into the zone? Should we wait until they get there? And Kimberly's like, no, it's fine. Close your eyes. Get into a healing space. Ding dong. Here's comes, uh, Heather and Jen. Obviously the girls think that Jen left already. So when she walks in, the mood's like, "Mm." (laughs) Hmm. The mood was giving what people look like when they're shocked on Botox, but also are trying to hide it, you know? Um, so everybody goes and sits down. She makes them all close your eyes, stretch their arms out, act like you're holding a ping pong ball in both of your hands, and then act like there's a baseball in both of your hands. And so your hands are supposed to feel the weight of this fake baseball this imaginary baseball and that's like supposed to be like a an intro into getting you into a hypnotic space right so then she takes them all into the living room has them sit down is like i'm feeling a lot of damage either with the group or one of you so i just want you to know that there this is a safe space and some feelings might get hurt but there's healing to be done okay so Jen says, well, your reason why you're picking up on this energy is because last night there was an issue. And then today I talked with Heather and she told me all of this is my fault. So why is it that I'm always the reason why people leave? Like you, Meredith, you left last night. And Meredith is like, well, my issue is that I felt like you were trying to tell um, me who I should and shouldn't be friends with. And Jen's like, well, that's your perception. And if that's the case, (laughs) you should have said that. And Meredith is like, actually, I did tell you that several times, but you got so aggressive that I had to leave because I'm not going to speak to somebody aggressively. She's pissed. And it's a quiet piss that is the most dangerous one. You know, like at some point, Jen popping off is going to get old like it is now. But it's the quiet fury that you really have to watch out for. She meant that shit. (laughs) And I, even I got a little bit scared. Um, Kimberly asked Whitney, like, do you have anything to say? And Whitney's like, well, I thought we moved on, but it seems like Jen wants to hold me responsible for throwing a glass (laughs) in Sharif's party and make it all my fault. And Jen's like, no, it's not the glass throwing. It's that Whitney, you chose that time at the party to tell me and I'm just confused about you know why you felt I needed to know that Lisa and Meredith were talking about me and then when I go to them they say that you lied and Lisa's like well we didn't say she was lying but Jen's like no no no. I want to finish and understand that I was trying to figure out who was lying to me and Meredith is like it's contradictory to me that you're trying to peach about loyalty and honesty, and then I'm told by everybody that you're making negative innuendos about my marriage. That's a cruel thing to do, and it makes me angry. Okay? 
It just doesn't concern you. You should mind your business. And it takes a lot to make me angry. And you don't want to make me angry. You know, don't activate me because you don't want to see me activated. Mm. Then Meredith flat out asks Jen if she said anything negative about her marriage. And Jen's like, no, I would never do that. I, you know, completely <laughs> acting like she has no idea what she's talking about. And that she would never say anything like that. Even though we've seen a few scenes of her doing just that, just that. And Meredith's like, well, that's not what they told me. So Heather, Whitney, is that true or false that, that, uh, Jen's been talking about me and they're like, well, it's true. Um, excuse me. Um, Whitney and Heather are like, yeah, it's it's false that she she's lying. She did say that. And <laughs> Jen says, you know, um, no, sorry. Whitney, basically, Jen's trying to get out of this. She's acting like she didn't do anything. Heather and Whitney are both like, oh no, she said that shit. And Whitney's like. In a talking head, bullshit. Jen has been dropping hints and bombs the whole time about Meredith and her marriage, and I never would have even known about Meredith if it weren't for Jen. So then we get back. Jen is looking like the cat who ate the canary. She is like, oh, fuck. I did not think this was going to get out. And I don't know what she thought. I think she was spinning too many plates and trying to control a situation that she, several situations really, that she was never going to be able to control. And then at the same time, she wants everybody to apologize to her. <laughs> when really, she's doing the same things that she's claiming that she's mad about. So why is it that you need, so desperately need the truth from Meredith and Lisa and Whitney when you can't even tell the truth about what you did to them? <laughs> right? It's weird. It's weird. Then Jen's like, I'm so sorry. I would never say anything to hurt you. And this is where Kim's, she gets, she's like, listen, this is my moment. Okay. So Whitney's trying to apologize and Kim butts in and is like, just an observation. I just think that you should please allow yourself to be receptive enough to hear that Meredith wants you to apologize for sticking your nose in her business. I mean, it's just, just say it. It's so easy. <laughs> so then Jen is like, I'm sorry. I should have just made it black and white when I was asked those questions. So now she's acting like I did say it, but only because people were asking me about it. And I just should have been more careful. No, no, <laughs> that's not what happened. Kimberly cuts her off and is like, no, just say, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And if, if you're sorry, you should say that. <laughs> and then Jen's like, I'm sorry, but I, I just feel like, and Kim's like, no, no, I'm sorry does not come with conditions. So now we're at apology number four <laughs> for Jen. And she's like, you know, Meredith, I just would never want to hurt you. And it's like, well, well, <laughs> she's really preaching about everybody trying to ruin her marriage. And yet. What are you doing, Jen? You're not trying to help Meredith and Seth, are you? Mm. So Kim Kimberly's like, you know what? I'm going to cut in here and let's just play a game of trust, not trust, trust, not trust. Okay. Raise your hand. If you don't trust Whitney, 
Meredith, Lisa, nobody's raising their hands at this point. Jen, everybody's hands go up. <laughs> Jen looks completely confused. She says, you know, I feel ganged up on and attacked. And Kimberly's like, okay, who doesn't trust Heather? And then Jen, only Jen, raises her hand. You guys, the way I laughed when they zoomed in on Heather's face, like, bitch, I know you didn't just say that you don't trust me. I am going to rock your shit (laughs) all over this hypnotist house. She was, <laughs> I'm going to take a screenshot. Her face was like, oh, bitch. No, you didn't. <laughs> it was, it cracked me up, but in a way, just like, I just like, ooh, it wasn't funny, but it was. It, it was just like so flagrantly disrespectful that it's like how could you even raise that arm of yours I could not believe it so then Heather gets a talking hand she's like does she not understand the question (laughs) what have I ever done to make her think that she can't trust me I have kept her secrets I have chased her in every situation in which she's stormed off and then we get every situation Heather having to leave her chicken lollipops behind at that flapper party Heather following her after Coach Shaw's party Heather following her after the um, Mary's Met Gala luncheon (laughs) All, all of those situations um She's like, I've never once betrayed her. So then Kim looks at Heather and is like, you're so demure, but I can tell that you're boiling over. And Heather can't even talk. She just nods like, "Mm -hmm. I am. (laughs) I could not believe it. If looks could kill, RIP to Jen Shaw. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. So (laughs) then um, Whitney who is seated seated between Heather and Jen, she looks like she's about to cry. And she's like, um, can I move somewhere else? Because I just need, I get out of, I need to get out of this space. <laughs> and Kimberly's like, you can move. And I think that's really great that we're all taking ownership of, like, having a healthy environment. <laughs> so, Whitney moves to the opposite end of the couch. And... Kim asks Heather to share how she's feeling. And so Heather's like, you know what? Last night was a doozy. Jen, you got really aggressive towards me and I was horrified. And I feel like you have been a shitty friend and I feel like I've had to defend you over and over and I've been played. And you all saw me pointing to Whitney, Lisa, and Meredith. You all saw me realize that, that you played me. And they're like, yeah, we did. And Lisa's like, Heather and Whitney walked into that dinner. Whitney was skipping. Heather thought everything was fine. And then you get mad at Heather because you were really mad at Whitney. You wouldn't listen to me or Meredith, which is why Meredith and Meredith got up. Jen's like, how dare you guys? She thinks that her reaction was justified. 
because she will always have a big reaction when it comes to her family and the people she loves. How do I say this more clearly? Nobody gives a fuck about your family and not in a way that like they literally don't care about them as humans is that this is not what they're focused on. You are focused on that because you have a shitty relationship with Coach Shaw. You have made that abundantly clear. You're angry with him. You guys are on thin ice. You need him to be around. But that's y'all's business. Much like it was Meredith's business that she could date, suck, fuck, whoever she wanted while she was on a break with Seth. Just like you are so protective of your family, so is Meredith, and you know that. Because you, as soon as Meredith said some shit, you got scared. You were terrified. That's such a cop out. Anyway, Lisa's like, you need to stop acting like you're the only one who feels attacked when we've all felt attacked by you. And right now, I don't want to be your friend. Maybe I'll change my mind about that. But as of now, don't care. Then Jen in a talking head says, I've been such a good friend and I've been trying to make things right with Whitney. Call me anything you want, but don't call me a disloyal friend. Okay, so let's just go through this. You were talking about Meredith and her marriage behind her back. And she had to find that out from somebody else, from Whitney. You are mad at Whitney because you threw a glass and got into a fight with Coach Sharif. Um, I don't know what about Lisa, but then just 30 seconds ago, the only person who's been in your corner this entire time, Heather, you just said that you don't trust her. <laughs> Miley, what's good? <laughs> and then Jen vaguely tries to accuse people of trying to ruin a friendship, and Whitney's like, nobody's, who's trying to do that? <laughs> and with who? I need the details. Heather says, they're not trying to ruin our friendship, but you're on the brink of ruining our friendship. And Kim is like, this is great. This is very good. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. I loved it. I really can't wait to see what they're going to give us on the season finale of season one of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm excited. I'm very excited. All the girls are there at the opening of the new Beauty Lab it's looking like a classic Housewives showdown setup, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I'll be back next Friday with the finale. Love you, bye.